Psalm 68. May God arise. May his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Love unsurpassing, endless love, guiding, shining down from above, fervently trust in all that's true, love each other as Christ loveth you. God is called our Father more than just about anything else that he's ever really called. Like, even if you look at Psalm 68 that we began this video with, it spoke about how great our God is. But part of that description was, he is a father to those who don't have a father. And today being Father's Day, you know, it's, it's on our minds about being pleasing uh, to our fathers. And especially being pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And it's, it's so wonderful that we have this phrase, and we're going to really look at this phrase here that is stated of servants, and, and it's, it's stated of people who are following God, and that, that statement is, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, some of our songs even reference this and say, and, and you know, maybe we might even comment to one another that, oh, well, I, I, I hope and I look forward to the day whenever I can be told, well done, good and faithful servant. And that phrase comes from Matthew chapter 25, and I want us to look at that phrase in a few different ways. I want us to, to look at it uh, from a very practical perspective. 
I want us to look at it from a past example and I want us to look at it in a personal example as well. Let's make sure that we, we do all of that with this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's start off by taking a look at the parable that it appears in, in Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew 25 verses 14 through 18, this is Jesus speaking and explaining uh, how things are, how things are going to be. Um, Jesus does it different ways, but this is what he says right here. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now you probably know this parable, and really we kind of know this, this parable as the parable of the talents. Well, here I think that what they did is they, they, they made a good decision, I think, in the the uh, NIV uh, Bible by translating this not so much with talents because you know that gets us thinking about our talents and our abilities. Actually, this parable is all about the master entrusting his servants with this money. And here we see this idea about you know five bags of gold, two bags of gold, and then you know one bag of gold. Um, and each one, as verse 15 is stated, each one is given according to his own ability. And, you know, that's so important to understand and, and to keep in mind as we read the rest of this parable. Because, you know, by the way, we're just kind of introducing this parable here. And we're just seeing how this story is going to, to lay out. And really, we've seen uh, what they've already done with that money. What they chose to do with the things that God has given them. And all the while, I guess we can be asking ourselves, what have we done with the things that God has given us? Well, Let's see how our Heavenly Father, how the Master responds to these servants of His. Now, we've looked at verses 14 through 18. Let's keep reading. Verses 19 through 21. After a long time, the Master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold uh, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His Master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verses 22 and 23. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verses 24 through 27. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Verses 28 through 30. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. 
Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in this passage, we see the, the different ways that they responded. This last slave, I'll, I'll kind of take them in, in reverse order, so to speak. This last servant, this last slave that's mentioned right here, he didn't use the things that God gave him. No, I mean, he, he just kind of hid it and he just, he, he gave it right back to God. Um, but that's not what God wanted. God entrusted him, the, our master, our father, entrusted each one of the servants according to their own abilities. He entrusted them with a certain amount of wealth. He entrusted them with a certain amount of, of, of substance. And he expected them to go out and to do great things with it. And this servant just simply didn't. He, he didn't do anything at all with it. Now, I mean, he didn't lose it, but he didn't gain anything either. That's the last servant. But I really want us to focus on the first two now. And let's look especially at this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Because if you look at these two things, okay, see, we're looking at verses 20 through 23. And you notice that with each one of these, uh, these, these servants here, Pretty much the same thing is stated. The same conversation happens with them. Okay, the one with five, he gained, you know, he doubled it. Okay, the one with two, doubled it. Now, whenever we look at that, we might think, well, I mean, one of them had 10 bags. The other one had four bags. So, I mean, obviously the 10 bag did better than the four bag. We might say that. And we might look at it like that. We might, you know, crunch the numbers and, you know, write them all down and keep track of all that. But that's actually not what our Heavenly Father was concerned with. He told both of them the exact same thing. Remember, they were each given that set amount based on their own abilities. But they were both told, well done, good and faithful servant. God does not expect you, and he doesn't really even you know, require you to be completely sinless and absolutely perfect. In fact, he does not necessarily require you to uh, give him back 10 bags of gold, so to speak. I'm using this images uh, here from the parable. But, you know, maybe you're not one who would be entrusted with five bags, you know, and that's okay. We don't always need to feel like we are, have just completely failed our master. If we are trying and if we are doing the things that is pleasing to him, then we can be assured that we can be told, just like each one of these servants, well done, good and faithful servant. And if we can be faithful with a few things, then we can be put in charge of many things. We can share in our masters, our heavenly father's happiness and, and the wonder that he has prepared for us in the future. Well, let me give you now a practical example about this. Now, there was a few weeks back, if you remember, whenever we had a, a, a speaker come in and I wasn't the one who was, who was preaching up front and I got to sit with my family. And as I was sitting there with my family, I noticed something that just, it really stuck with me and it still stuck with me. Like that was a, a few weeks back, but I noticed that my son, he was coloring this picture. And as he was coloring this picture, um, now he's old enough that he can stay within the lines. Okay. As he's, as he's coloring it, I know that he can stay within the lines, but I just kind of glanced down at it and I noticed he wasn't staying in the lines like at all. I mean, it was really just all over the place a bit. And I just, I wondered why was he not doing better than that? And then I looked what he was using and I noticed the answer to that because he was using a, a crayon that here, let me give you some examples. I hope you can kind of see them over the, the video here. This is a normal size crayon. He was using crayons that were like this big. Okay. So they're much bigger. 
And then I also looked at the, the ends of them, and the ends were all rounded off like this. And, you know, it might have even been a small crayon that he was, he was using. There's no way that he would be able to stay within the lines and, and to be able to color things perfectly. And I saw that example that, you know, he was completely fine. He was completely content with coloring, even though it, it wasn't staying. He wasn't able to stay within lines. And I, I really looked at that and I thought, you know, isn't that a great example about how our God works through us and with us? Because, you know, um, if you were to look at the world around us, you might see things out of place, see things out of order. And you might say, you know, how come God, if he's all powerful, how come he hasn't fixed these things? Well, you know, he's chosen to work through us as humans. And because he's chosen to work through us as humans, um, yeah, we're, we're not going to do as good of a job as what God himself would be able to do. But God is perfectly content, content coloring with tools and, and crayons that maybe aren't exactly sharp and aren't exactly perfect. Now, God himself would be able to do, you know, utter perfection. You know, obviously we get that, but he works through us. So sometimes the end picture isn't going to be, you know, all that great, all that perfect. That's because he's chosen to work through us. But you know what? He's happy with that. He's content with that. Just like my son was just fine coloring, even though he wasn't able to color within the lines and do everything as good as he normally could if he had had better tools. He was content with what he was, what he was using and what he was working with. That's how our Heavenly Father is as well. And you know what? Me, as his earthly father, I was also content with that too. You know, whenever I saw that, I was like, yeah, okay, this is a great picture. And we, we could talk about that and we could appreciate that. I knew that he did the best that he could with what he was working with. And sometimes we need to appreciate that too. We need to appreciate the fact that God works through us as humans. Could he do a better job all on his own? Yes. But he's chosen to work with us, to include us in this process. And because of that, the end result might look a little messy, but it's very pleasing because we have done this together. He has allowed us, he's entrusted us with a great number of things, just like he entrusted these different servants with, with different amounts of bags of gold, so to speak. The end result was, he said to two of them, well done, good and faithful servant. It's those servants who tried. It's the servants who put forth an example. And that's kind of a, a practical way of looking at that. So maybe the next time that you try to, to color with a big crayon, or maybe you see your, your own child coloring with a big crayon, or using some tool that maybe isn't the exact right tool that you're supposed to be using for that job, maybe you can be reminded of, of our God and how he works with us and through us to produce these great things around us. And sometimes we need to, to recognize those things and just take part in it and do what we can, do our part in what God would have us to do so that we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, after we've looked at this kind of practical example, this, this big crayon and trying to color within the lines, now I want us to look at a past example of this phrase, the same phrase of well done, good and faithful servant. This is an interesting story that comes to us in John chapter 21. Now in John chapter 21, I want you to understand what's happening. This is going to be a conversation between Jesus and Peter. And it's so important because it bridges this wonderful gap. Because all the other Gospels, except John, what they do with this story is they, they tell the story about how Jesus was going to be crucified and how all the disciples, especially Peter, you know, all of them focus a lot on Peter and how they, they all said, I'm never going to betray you. Lord, I'm, I'm never going to betray you. Well, Jesus already told Peter 
that before the rooster crows, he's going to betray him. And Peter says, I, I wouldn't do that. Even if I have to die, I won't do that. And everybody else, all the other 12 uh, of the apostles, they were saying the same thing. They were right there with him and they said, no, we're, we, we are going to stick with you to the very end. But then we see that Peter does deny knowing and being with the Lord. He denies him three times. And then we see an interesting thing happen. Because on the day of Pentecost, the very person that we see preaching and, and the, the, the message that we have recorded comes from the mouth of Peter. What happened in those in-between times? Well, that is a very practical example of the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, being acted out by Jesus himself. In John 21, let's look at verses 15 through 17 now. This is after Jesus has already been raised up from the dead, and Peter knows that he denied him, and Peter's going to have a difficult conversation with our Lord. After sharing a, a meal with him, this conversation happens. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then if you fast forward once again to the pages of the book of Acts, you find out that Peter did step up. Peter did receive this statement, well done, good and faithful servant, because that's, that's what he was. This serves as an example of that. We see the example of Peter, a man who could literally betray knowing Jesus and betray um, you know, being on his side denying that he can go from that to being able to preaching the, the very first recorded gospel sermon that we have he was the one who told them what they needed to do in order to get their lives right with jesus and he was able to tell them because he had already gone through that process and he was able to hear well done good and faithful servant peter was welcomed back after he had denied knowing jesus so these are two different examples that we can see with this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want to give you just one more. This one is a personal example. It comes to us in John's writings, but this time in the book of 1 John. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Now this passage, why it's personal is, it's talking about us. I mean, how much more personal can you get than that? 1 John 2, 1 through 6. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how you will know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So this passage, it's very personal. And we see how we can receive this statement. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because, you know, at first part, he says, I love this verse one, because he starts off and he says, I write this uh, to you so that you will not sin. And, you know, if you're reading that for the first time, you might be thinking, well, I've already sinned. I've already messed that one up. 
That's why the rest of the verse is there. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. That advocate is Jesus Christ. He's the righteous one. So in order for us to be able to receive this statement, well done, good and faithful servant, what we need to be doing is we need to, like what verse 6 says, we need to live as Jesus lived. We need to look at him and we need to, to imitate him and be just like Jesus. We need to display the fruits of the Spirit in our own lives. And here we see that, that with Jesus Christ, he is our advocate. He is the one who, who is the go-between between us and our Heavenly Father. That's Jesus Christ, you know, our, our older brother. He's the one who's going to be there on our side and helps us in those times whenever we are weak. John was writing these things so that they wouldn't sin, but he knew that they would sin. And whenever we do sin, we need to recognize we have this advocate. We have Jesus Christ. So in order to hear the phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, we can hear that. And let's remember these different examples. Let's remember the practical example that God works with and through human beings in order to accomplish his will here on this earth. Let's be reminded of past examples. And we, we looked at one, but of course we could look at many, many more. But that one past example that we looked at was how Peter helped to spread Christianity. I mean, read the pages of, of the book of Acts and you will find out that, that Peter did so much to spread the gospel message. He was someone who was a good and faithful servant of Jesus. And we also have this personal example, this personal example that that our older brother, Jesus Christ, he is the righteous one. He is our advocate and he is our atoning sacrifice for our sins as verse two states right here. We see that, yes, we have sinned. Yes, we have messed up. But if we are going to be servants, we're going to act and live as Jesus lived. And if we are going to take the things that our heavenly father has given us and use them, grow them, multiply them and further the kingdom of God, then we can be assured that we can one day Hear that statement, well done, good and faithful servant. We want you back, we want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back, we want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Lost like a sheep that went astray. Oh.